Welcome back to Not Just Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey. And today we have the guy, I think that's your Insta, Instagram name, the guy behind NFM. But it is Suki, who I've actually known for quite a while now. I think we kind of set up, well, I set up Compact and I think you set up NFM kind of like a similar time. And he's been nothing but supportive with my business always a good crack as well and it's really really cool to see like where nfm was and where it is now so we're going to be talking a little about himself who he is why he started it also we're going to be going into nfm as a federation so you girls and guys can get a bit more of an insight and yeah we'll pretty much just take it from there so welcome to the podcast hey appreciate you having me today thank you all good so for people that potentially don't know you do a quick run round. Who the hell are you, babe? Tell, tell us all. Yeah, so as a lot of people know me, the, that guy from NFM UK, but as you said, yeah, Suki. Yeah, I guess my first bit of industry, um, first competed back in 2012. Well, went to, uh, got, uh, got qualified to compete at the Mr. International in Thailand. Met uh, Ryan Terry that way. He got me into, you know what, you should look at the competing. So competed for about three years. I think I came second like four times, never never won. Lucky to be sponsored by a few global brands. And from there, 2017, set up what, what, what originally was Swansea's next fitness model. It was a, a one-off show. And I guess since then, June 2017, the rest is history. Uh, here we are today. Was your plan always what it is now? When you first did your first show? No, d- Definitely not. And you know what? The, the, the show came by fluke because I remember 2016 was my last ever show where the two shows of the bounce the same weekend. And then it came to 2017. I started preparing for a show in May. And I remember about, it was about February time. And for some reason, I just, it just wasn't clicking. Like I didn't have that hunger to, to carry on competing. And back then in 2017, there was only maybe a couple of federations. Uh, back then it was still very much UK BFF where a lot of people will be tied with. And for me, it was never, it was never about like trying to be a British champion. It was just, you know what, just enjoy competing and just want to see if my physique would be better than the year before. And I just realized, I just remembered like, it was just the, I, I, I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling, I wasn't motivated for it. I just, I just felt that, you know what, that chapter's closed. And I haven't decided yeah. what the next chapter will be for me. And I remember just one day, I, and I still have the, the whiteboard, was I just woke up midnight about 2 a.m. I just thought to myself, like, oh, how cool would it be if I just created my own show in Swansea, just a one-off local show. And I remember I had a whiteboard, and it was 2 a.m. I got everything down. And then from there, I just thought, you know what? Let's roll with this. Let's roll with a one-off local show in Swansea. It's a very good fitted bodybuilding community. Um, had some good sponsors. You've got Nando's involved, Peppermint, and... I thought, you know what, I, I can make this work. And that show still to this date was like one of my favourite shows I've ever did. It was 50 competitors from a Swansea area only. About 48 of them were first timers. We had a sold out venue. People were getting hammered backstage because they just didn't know about this. I heard you could drink some wine to get leaner, but yeah. they were drinking bottles and the crowd was loving it as well. Because everyone, it was it was it really was a talk of Swansea and people... Anyone who was from Swansea knew somebody who would be competing. And I remember I did that. I thought, you know what? Maybe that'd be a one-off. I then did another show in Derby, which was the complete opposite. It was terrible. The light was awful. Somebody was doing kung fu posing on stage. 
Another person wow. walked on stage with Crocs. There was nobody there. It was a very small audience because the community in Derby and Swansea, the fitness industry are so different. I came out of it thinking, you know what? Nah, I'm gonna get myself some Crocs. I ain't, I ain't doing that. I know. I got someone doing Croc. I got someone who's doing a, a fly kick on stage. I don't know what's going, what's happening. Even the way I was emceeing it just wasn't there. I thought, well, you know what? This isn't for me. And then I remember one of the guys. It was like a few years later. A guy called Kyle Green, who who's now competed numerous times myself messaging me saying Suki look I really appreciate the show I had such a blast and you know it's now I now want to compete again I want to now get involved in it I was like oh well you know it's always nice to have some feedback and then I thought you know what if I just my heart wasn't in that show if I just trying to make a few changes maybe I could make it work and then from 2018 that's where it became a national show and that's where the international opportunity started. That's so cool so like how did the like how do you actually gets these international cities like i feel like for your your federation what i really like about it is that you're very good at networking with different companies different businesses and these getting these opportunities for athletes like how how do you get these opportunities because i i don't know it, it seems like whether it's either quite hard to do whether not many federations do it but sorry you can hear my dogs going absolutely bonkers in the background but yeah like how how, like how do you get those opportunities for the actors a bit of like a behind the scenes thing for myself was the reason why I decided to do the show again in uh, in 2018 was I, I knew I had to focus on my USPs so USPs unique selling points I knew I had to focus on okay what's going to make the show different from anybody else because the reason why I stopped competing in 2017 was there was only maybe two or three federations and I just didn't get I just, I, I just wanted, I didn't get that enjoyment anymore. And I knew if you're not going to win a British title back then, you know, that, was, that was the only, only option, then there is nothing else. You're just a number. And that was the one thing I felt that, you know what, what USPs can I look at? And that's when I started looking at my background, working in sales and marketing, because I'm sales manager, David Lloyd in Swansea. That's my full-time job. And I've always been very good, whether it's selling sponsorship packages for football clubs, uh, hospitality or memberships for members. So I used my uh, my kind of talents that way to get involved in sponsors. I mean, look, I was sponsored by USN and Muscle Tech, and I've I've been placed second four times, never won a show. And there's competitors out there who's won multiple shows, but not been able to get a sponsorship deal with a global brand. And the only reason why I did it was because I was able to sell myself on what my USPs were, and that's what my plan was with the sponsors. The USP of a show, I knew. I, um, I spoke to a guy, Chris Proctor, who reached out to me saying, look, there's a federation called GBO in America. It's growing. We want to have a presence in the UK. It's not worked out with a few federations, but you know, from what you're telling me about yourself, we seem to be in line about of what we're looking for. And you know, I, I put my trust in that, thinking, you know what? Yeah, let's, let's, let's go for it. Let's do a qualifier and do another show later in the year, which will be about tickets to America. And I knew as well, because this is a side project, I'm able to put more money into the athletes' live tickets to America, the flight to the accommodation, because it's not my full-time job. My full-time full-time job pays for everything else. So this is this will always be a hobby for me. That I guess other people from outside see this as like this must be a full-time job, but it's not. And yeah, that, that's 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 how I looked. I, I realized USP-wise, I want to have international opportunities because it wasn't available. I wanted to be able to fund people to compete abroad to win prize money. I wanted to be able to give more prizes back than ever before to competitors. I wanted to be able to do goodie bags. I wanted to the person, I wanted the people who didn't place in the top three to feel the same way about the top three feels. 
if you got if you got a, a lineup of ten competitors and, th- and you focus your attention on the top three to make them feel happy, then what about the other seven? Because that seven outweighs the number of three, and they've all got social media. So you, I wanted to focus on how do I make those seven not feel just a number, and that that was all part of the next USP, which was always about stage production. And you've you, you've seen jazz. I mean, you've been to the majority of my shows since um, what 20, 20, maybe 2018, 2019. Yeah. And you've right. seen the growth in regards to the venues. That yeah. has always been about you no know, no none of these ledge centres or commute centres. It has to be a, a, a quality venue of quality stage production to showcase people's 12 weeks or 16 weeks of hard work. So for me, it was all about USPs. It was about the international opportunities. It was about the prizes to go give back to competitors. It was about not making not making anyone feel like just a number. And it was about the stage production, the, the show day itself. Like every single show, it's hilarious. And I speak, I WhatsApp Suki, I'm like, good job, mate, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, 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 but this needs to be working on, but that needs to be working on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but just just take a moment, Suki, to like just pat yourself in the back. He goes, yeah, 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 but like it's so funny, like the way that your mindset is, it it just it shows in the shows because every single time I've gone to one, it has got better and better and better. And I just think from where it's come to, it's just just it's absolutely nuts, absolutely nuts. And the amount of issues and like problems that you had this year and still was able to like overcome them. Tell us a bit of like, you've already mentioned a couple of highlights from NFM. Is there any other highlights or like low moments that are kind of kind of ring true to you with NFM in general? I mean, obviously, like one of the highlights would always be, you know, seeing the competitors who qualify to America on stage. I mean, I'm I'm fanboying when I see them on stage because that that's a that's a time where I'm nothing to do with the Atlas World Championships in America. I can sit back as a spectator and just enjoy it and be able to cheer on Team GB. Even the first show in 2018 with Abby and Ash, like I was just so proud to see how Abby come second, Ash come third. And then again, in 2019 with even a bigger team, we had like eight, nine competitors from NFM UK qualifying to compete over there. And it wasn't just a show day, it was just everything up, up, lead up to it. You know, the day before the show, the whole team aspects. I mean, when I, when I talk about Team Great Britain, you know, no one's going there as an individual. We're, we all fly there together. We're all in the same house. We're all in the same track suit. So that's always like, I, I, I love that. And that always reignites my passion to with, with the shows. But I guess another highlight, which which is a weird one, but it, it, it is the build-up to the last show we did, you know, Super Showdown in October. It was, And you pointed out the, the amount of obstacles and hurdles I had to overcome to get this show going was no absolutely. Joke. <laughs> no, it was no joke. It was like, it was like someone gave me a thousand piece jigsaw, dropped all the dropped all the all, dropped all the pieces, and then blindfolded me and said, "Okay, now put it together." Because every single day, no matter if I overcome one hurdle, there was always something else, and it was like that since August. You know, the Warsaw venue closed. We moved to a Derby venue. Moved everyone to the hotel in Derby. That venue closed. We moved to Leicester. Once again, more and more things were still going on, even to the point that a week before the show, which I know I made you aware of, yeah. the, we had a call from the venue. Once the government was about to announce the tier systems, they're about to announce it. We got a call from the venue saying the show's off. We're not, we're not staging the show. We're going to be tier three. It's not happening. And I remember that I, I spoke to um, my event planner and she was like, look, what do you want to do? I said, 
there's no way we're pulling we're, we're, we're pulling the show off we've got 24 hours to pull something off and we have to do this there's no chance so while she was working on getting ourselves listed as a professional sporting elite event I was fine I was going back to my backup venues and they were like sorry Suki it's too late a week's notice we can't do it and I remember there was a venue I spoke to in Burton and fair play to them they said look we can do it we know spectators and it wasn't a, it wasn't a nice venue. I mean, if I did the venue there, I'll be like, oh, well, I'm just yeah. doing it just to get the show going. And I, I remember the next day, about 2 p.m., I was doing Excel, ready to refund every single spectator and competitor. So I'm thinking, God, like, do I do this here or, or I don't know what's going to happen? And then the venue called back and they said, OK, Suki, you know what? You've, this document you sent over. We're happy now, happy to run the show for you. However, here's 50 bullet points. These are 50 questions we've had. We've got from the police department, the council, licensing and health and safety. And I saw these 50 and the majority were all about the spectators. Mm. And I understood why maybe like my, my panel was like, look, are spectators important? Do you need to do this? I'm like, I'm not paying this amount of money for a venue capacity of two and a half thousand not to have any spectators. If anything, I know other shows aren't, aren't doing spectators and it's entirely their choice, which I completely respect. But for me, it is happening. We are having spectators, even if it has to be a limit, mm. because I firmly believe that we can tick all the boxes that they have, they've given us. And, you know, spend the next 48 hours, more documents, more calls. And we started, you know, this puzzle that we, we that all started with a thousand pieces all over the place, started coming together. And, um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I remember it was about, about four days, even, even about four days before the show, the venue that I called back said, oh, Suki, we're happy to stage the show. I was like, what do you mean you're happy to stage the show? You already told me this last week now, but you're oh. happy. Don't go telling me that you've been you've been thinking about pulling the plug all this time. Oh, my God. So, like, that's obviously been a highlight because I think for me, that just shows, like, probably the same perseverance that I had that other competitors had at that time. Because for a lot of competitors, they were thinking, like, are, they, are there shows? Not my show, but also other shows. Yeah. Are they all still going ahead? And for them to carry on, get up in the morning to do their cardio, to keep eating the same meals, weighing their food, that perseverance was exactly what I was always thinking about when I was going through each bullet point. It was, if I'm doing this, I know the competitors are going through something even harder yeah. because I need, they are doing, they are, they put their faith in me to ensure the show's going ahead. I put myself out there with enough communication. I have to see it through. And, and yeah, thankfully we did. Apart from there was a there was a minor issue. I remember the, the, on the Friday, literally two days before the show, I sat back at the venue. I was like, okay, it's done. Everything's done. And I remember I was the only person in the venue looking at the stage. I thought, thank God, okay, nothing else can go wrong. And I saw the trophies. I was like, oh, let's have a look at these trophies. And then I started looking at plaques on the trophies. I was like, and I saw those like NFM UK. NFM U was capital letters. K was lower case, lower casing. What? And then I was like, it's lowercasing for Super Showdown. And then I started looking at plaques. I'm like, wait there. It doesn't even say first, second, or third place. <gasps> like the placing, if people, are, I'm just giving trophies out, which don't even say a place. Like, everyone's a winner, guys. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> Here's your trophies. Or everyone's a third place. I'm like, I was thinking, how on earth am I in this situation where the trophy plate guys had one job and, and, um, and yeah, the day before the show, I had to drive up like five in the morning up north to go collect uh, these extra plaques, to then drive back to the venue. And then I had to get my little brother's fiance, poor souls. They had to get a screwdriver and take off every oh. single plaque from a trophy and put these new ones in. 
You just had, I bet you were just like, I'm just going to laugh right now, because if I don't laugh, I'm probably just going to cry. And it's like, you just can't make this shit up sometimes. <laughs> the amount you of can't. stuff oh. that happens on peak week That's for you that. and to competitors, it's like, nah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And you know what? It's, it's funny, because I'm... I'm I was there thinking, why on earth, why haven't I documented all this? Why have I, I remember I was saying to myself the, after the Warsaw venue cancelled, I was like, oh, I should film myself and just kind of document this because it'd be funny, you know, looking back at Warsaw. And then I'm thinking, why have I not done this? Warsaw, Derby, Leicester, the the the, the tier systems, venue might be cancelled. Yeah. Even the police turned up on the day of the show. Yeah. Um, it was just non-stop. And I'd love for people to kind of just be a fly in the wall to see all this but I'll tell you what now in the end I mean if I can make that show work I can make any show work well that's uh, very true that is very very true so I think the next topic I want to kind of talk about because it's been a question that I've been getting a little bit is you have GBO you have NFM there's new like Instagram accounts that have been coming up like I think it's GBO like UK and yeah all these different ones so like explain to people like how that's working do we call you gbo do we call you nfm still like how is yeah. the whole setup going ahead so basically now? basically we're going through we've gone through a transitional period i mean look 2017 it started as swansea's next fitness model as a one-off show then it, then it became like um in 2018 it was more to become okay nfm uk just just that that obviously the website says something different and my plan was always I'm easy enough to take my ego out of the equation. And I believed I took the brand NFM UK as far as I could because I wanted it to challenge with the other federations in the UK. And I believe it, it very much is. I believe I, it is very much up there with one of the best. But I also knew that there is a bit of confusion for people to understand NFM UK and then the GBO. And I want to support the GBO by growing it in the UK. So as of like was maybe two months ago, and the NFM UK shows kind of stopped, ceased and it became NFM UK events. And now NFM UK events is now the promoter of the GBO shows in the UK. So the shows I'll be running will all be GBO shows. Right. It's all under the GBO name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that NFM UK events are the promoter for the GBO shows. So any of the brand you'll always see, you know, the CMP classic, you'll see the GBO name, but NFM UK events are the promoter of, of the show. And that allows me to keep the, the branding NFM UK, uh, but also allow me with NFM UK events to not only just focus on bodybuilding shows, because I am focused looking at different areas and I've got a few other projects in the pipeline that can go in the, in the umbrella of NFM UK, uh, NFM UK events. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name is recognizable, everyone knows the name, but at least now when people that are competing, they know the show they're competing in is a GBO show promoted by NFM UK events and hopefully it will help people understand that these are like the, the the qualifying shows, the GBO qualifying shows to get yourself a ticket to the GBO Atlas World Championships. That will make sense now. I'm glad I asked that question because it makes sense there for me go. as well. All good. <laughs> so when people like talk to us about the how it works when you are at a show so you've got all these different like tiers it's not a case of you win your class okay cool here's your ticket like there's quite a few different I guess like what I call Jumanji levels that you have to kind of go through so talk to us level the next the next the next like how can it work that someone can literally roll up and be like right I'm gonna go for GBO I'm going for the bikini open for example right what's the goal how am I how is it going to work for me to get that ticket like talk to us about that entire process of someone yeah let's let's use um one of the girls for an example Veronica Smart 
So she competed for us for the first time and she competed in the uh, Masters Athletic Bikini where she came second. And the judges said, you know what, we feel that your physique is better suited to Masters Bikini. So we actually moved her to the new category. She competed in Masters Bikini won her class and got her pro status, which meant she can now compete in the evening pro show because all of our shows are always amateur shows in the daytime, pro shows in the evening. And she was now able to compete against the other pros who've got pro status at previous shows and also the current uh, show as well. In she Masters? Then competed, sorry? sorry in, so, in the, so if she's won the Masters bikini, she then goes into the Masters pro show, she, is correct? With, with the pro status, she can compete in up to two pro categories. So for her, it was you can do Masters bikini or you can do Masters bikini and the open bikini class, which is split into two heights. Mm-hmm. She decided to do the, uh, the pro Masters bikini and then she won that class in the pro show. Mm-hmm. So she won that one, which meant she went into the overalls. Right. And then for the women's, the overalls was separated in two sections because we can judge the physiques more similar. One section had the pro winners of figure toned, figure athletic, shape which is wellness and athletic bikini mm-hmm. and then the other section was the masters bikini winner the diva winner and the bikini a bikini b winners so four competitors in the overalls only one person is crowned the winner and they get their ticket to america to compete at atlas world championships 2021 veronica was the winner so if we re-engineer the process <laughs> she came into the show competed for the first time yeah won her amateur class mm-hmm. got pro status Yep. Competed in the same category in the pro show. Yeah. Won her class. Mm-hmm. So you're in the pro show. You have to win your class to go in overalls. Went in the overalls and competed against three other pro winners from that her section. And then she took that first place, which meant now she's off to America. So just like all shows, every single show is a Atlas World Chapters qualifier. Is open to amateurs and of course the pro competitors. But as we've seen, you know, she's not the only person to have gone to gone through an amateur and win the amateur class, the pro class, and the overalls. It's happened on, on numerous occasions, which mm-hmm. kind of shows anybody could rock up and just completely flip the script. Yeah, love that. See, that this is making much more sense again for me. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. So Very simple formula. It is a simple formula. It is a simple formula. So one thing I want to talk about, and we mentioned about, um, well, we mentioned this before we started recording, and it's something that I remember tanning with Get Bronze this year, trying to kind of like tell like it's hard it's hard because when you understand when when someone's on show day in a certain mindset like you're trying to talk like say some look this is okay they've moved you like it's okay it's a good thing they've moved you but people kind of start to panic and go yeah but I placed first in the never federation with the same bikini class I was like yes but the look is different it's not a case that you can roll up to this next show with the same condition and get the same result automatically like the look is probably going to be quite different so like talk to us a little bit about like from your insight of having like the g going to the gbo championships and all that sort of thing like if you could advise anyone or give any insights with what you guys are looking for like what would it be yeah i mean just 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 go back before uh, on the point you just made as well i know that off i mean look at, at this current time in the UK, I mean, it's, it's such a saturated market with so many shows and federations, which is mm. a fantastic thing. I mean, if there was if there was more shows in 2017, Back I probably would have created 
if I were a creator at FMBK, I would have probably carried on competing because there's so many more shows. Of course, you've got the Compact Classic as well yeah. uh, in June 2021. Yeah. So there's more shows than ever before, which means with more shows, there's going to be more criteria. Now, of course, you're always going to have the men's physique and the bikini classes, but each show, each federation will be looking at something different. And mm. a good starting point is with social media, you can always look at pictures of the past winners. So that always helps people anyway. But of course, going to your question, I mean, for us, the, the bikini look is a softer look. And then that's why we got the athletic bikini, where it's a bit more conditioned and muscle. So if we look at the two competitors, there was Natalie Bruce, uh, who won three of the amateur sections and the pro class, was a softer look, but presentation was fantastic. She's Symmetry, shape, glutes, everything was fantastic. And then we compare her to Hannah Hesketh, athletic bikini, and all the detail in, in, in her physique was she was carrying a little bit more muscle and she's probably at the top end of athletic bikini where really if she put any more, any more muscle on, she'll have to go into figure. So for us, it is very much, we look for a softer look on the, on the bikini. And then of course, if your condition is tighter, then you we will start looking to move you towards the athletic bikini. And then of course, if your condition is tighter, but you don't have that extra bit of muscle, then you may start on a lower spectrum of the athletic bikini because now you just need to build the muscle up. We got to look at Veronica. Veronica went into Masters uh, trained bikini, athletic bikini, fantastic look, and she was very much in between gap in the in the athletic bikini and uh, bikini beach. But we moved her because we felt that you know what, her look is what we're looking for in the bikini class. And then obviously she went all the way to the overalls. I remember there was one girl who did the junior bikini and she didn't place. I think she went to one of the judges and said because you, you know you were your condition was much tighter and it's not the look that we were looking for and i know she was you know i mean if she hopefully she's listening and she'll understand where i'm coming from because i remember seeing a reaction in the in the next class i think what she, what she did the right thing was she contacted her coach her coach told her you know what you know it's probably your third show now so your condition was getting tighter and tighter go go and get a meal down you go get some food down you and i remember she came back then to compete in the open class in the, in the bikini class and she played second because she came back softer mm. and she realized what she needed to do. She spoke to her coach, her coach gave her a game plan. And as we all know, on show day, things can change very quickly yeah. in regards to condition with a, a meal here, a meal there. And that kind of showed that there was, there's two ways you can go by. You can either storm out because you're in place or you could go back drawing board, speak to your coach, you know what we're looking for now, make a few tweaks and next thing, she she only missed out from first place only only slightly, but came second. And I remember seeing a reaction when he, when she came off stage. She was like just so elated. I mean, look on show day. The more experienced you are as a competitor, the more you'll know how quickly things could change from the morning until up up until the evening. I mean, we've had had competitors that have lost to competitors and then beating them in the pro show because nearly a nine hours difference competing one of the earlier classes to the pro show. On show day, anything can happen. And I guess that's why people have coaches because yeah. they know what what to do in the half an hour, one hour period. I think it's so interesting though, like to get that, to hear that insight because I understand completely where the competitors coming from. Like they want to nail it first time, and they're just like, "Oh, what? Like, what's going on?" And like, some it's hard when you don't get that placing, but it's sometimes those little things, and you don't know until you trial that federation, you trial different things. And like, if you don't hit the mark the first time, 
just go again. It can sometimes be the little, little things that can make a difference. And I think understanding the differences with these federations now, I think is so, so important because you can't just, I think a lot of people think, oh, I can just rock up to this federation with the same. And it's like, no, like you might need to change your overall look. You might need to change your package, get in the know, and then you will be able to be better. That's the best way. And I think as well, like obviously looking at the photos from the UK scene, but look at the GBO scene, because I can imagine that a lot of the judges, especially when it gets into the overalls, they're then thinking, right, who's going to do well in, in, in America? So you've got to look at the UK scene as a competitor, but also look at the GBO scene. Or if you're looking in the European shows that they've got going, then look in the European shows, like look ahead as much as you can. I think that was probably the best way people can yeah. Hundred percent, and I mean, I pride myself with our shows that we will make the announcement to competitors if we feel that we need to move them to a different category. I mean, I would rather be told on the day when I'm on stage than my feedback being told we, we thought you were better suited for this class. Yeah, and that class they could be suited for could have been four or five classes later. So we aim to do that, and yes, it can be a headache for myself and the backstage team because now we've got to change the names for for someone moving to another class at least that person knows and they can now move to a class which the, the judge has been told and usually when the judge has told them to go to the class they've done well because the judge has clearly seen something that you know what you are meant for that class yeah and going back to your point in regards to the pro show especially for the rules we are very much looking at, at the ones who who we feel can do damage in uh in over, over in america mm -hmm. because we want we want as many people to bring back as much prize money as possible taking the atlas titles so we've with uh, talking on the girls' point point of view, that that overall lineup between Veronica, Danielle, Emily, and um, and uh, Natalie was a fantastic lineup, and all four I believe could do damage in America. But as the judges pointed out, Veronica had a little bit more something special, which we thought, you know what, it was it was the presentation aspect, which we knew would 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 play a huge part in making her a big favorite to take on the Americans um, average at the Atlas next year. Sounds good. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for next year. It's going to be good. So talk to us. What is the plan for next year if that thing called COVID doesn't fuck things up anymore? Yeah. Well, I mean, this, I mean, oh, look, this year we were always going to do two shows, but next year we've already announced our three shows we're doing. I've always been, I've always, people have always been asking me, look, why, why aren't you doing more shows? Why don't you do qualifiers and have your own British finals and all these, all these other things. And for me, my focus was always that my shows always need to be better and better each time. Mm -hmm. Not just the stage, stage production, not just the venue, but everything, the whole aspect. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to saturate my own shows by having too many yeah. and then have one better than the other. Mm -hmm. um, because I experienced that when I first did my shows back in 2017, with Swansea show being so great and with Derby show, Derby show being so poor. It was always important to make sure that the shows I'm doing are standout shows. And I really believe next year they will. We've got three shows in 2021, all Atlas World Championship qualifiers, which means the overalls will win their tickets to compete in America. Flies competition all covered. We start on the, the 9th of May, which I believe will probably be one of the biggest shows of that month or even up, up uh, just before Body Power. Yeah. Uh, CMP Classic at the Athena Theatre in Leicester, which was the same venue. We have Super Showdown. That show, Jasmine, I can't tell you how much this show is going to be absolutely mega. I mean, speaking to the guys from CAP, the plans we've got in place for that show 
it is going to be unreal. And that we've already had about 140 registrations for that show. No way. Um, as a people showing interest to compete, we will open entries on the 2nd of December. But that show is going to be epic. We, it's already one of the best venues in the bodybuilding industry. And it's going to be that perfect show just before, I mean, touch wood, body power goes ahead. So obviously I'm, I, that's where my love for the industry started. So I'll always be a big advocate of body mm-hmm. power. But that show is going to be absolutely epic. Four weeks later, we come back to Wales, where it all started, Yay. over in Cardiff, a day after the Compact Classic. Yeah, so The 6th of June. Yeah. For people wondering, it's because someone actually asked me, it's the two-hour... I think it's two and a half hour or two hour 45 drive. So if you really want to, because some people do do it, they, they just kind of hop from one to the other. So yeah, perfect, perfect hopping opportunity. Make, <laughs> make a week, make a weekend out of it. Night Champions is back, uh, back in Wales, in Cardiff. This will be 100%. This will be probably the, the, the best show that Wales has ever seen because the people that got behind it um, within the Welsh community, it's going to be epic. It's going to be another qualifier to the Athens World Championships. That's on the 6th of June. And that's just going to be an absolute storm. I, I think that if you're Welsh and you love to, and you're, you're a competitor, you're going to make that a show in your diary, 100%. Yeah. And of course, if you are competing in the Compact Classic, come over and compete. And just, vi- and just vice versa. If you're competing in the night champions, you may well compete the day before over in uh, Northampton. And as well, um, I'm just saying, like, in terms of tan, if you want to save a bit of money, like, you won't, you only need to get a top coat done, so that saves you money, like, bikini, all that sort of stuff, like, yeah, hair, nails, all that stuff, it actually saves you quite a lot of money, so I like yeah, doing exactly. that hopping. Absolutely. And, um, and then, of course, 24th of October, now, the European Championship for GBO was supposed to take place in Italy this year, but because of COVID, that cancelled it, so we're bringing the GBO European Championships to uh, back to the Athena in Leicester, 24th of October. That show was going to be mental because not only have we got, have we got the most amount of tickets to compete at the Atlas, we're also going to be bringing prize money into the pro show. So we're gonna, it's going to be, that's going to be absolutely epic. I mean, that is going to be the closest show to the, uh, to the Atlas World Championships. We've got prize money. We've got the tickets to America. We've got competitors coming over from Belgium, Italy, Germany, Holland, because GBO shows are taking place there and they're qualified to compete on European championships. So if you're a pro competitor, no doubt they'll be back. But really believe, and I've, I've always said this to, to anyone, because look, the I love the fact that there's more shows ever before. I just think that's fantastic for everyone because now they can just get a taste of other shows, other federations. People, I always recommend people to do, don't just do one show, do two, three shows in the bounce. Yeah. You put all the work in your physique and just, why not? You got you got nothing to lose, yeah. And all I ask people and, and is to experience the shows that I put on through NFM UK events. And Jazz, I mean, you, you, you've you've seen you've seen the show grow, and you've always been part of the the backstage team with with Tanning. You've seen everything firsthand. You know, I pride myself to make sure that the experience for every single competitor, not just on the Davis show, but the communication leading up to it, is of the highest caliber and. I think that's why we had such a great turnout for the last show. And that's probably why I've probably seen the restorations go through the roof for the next three shows for next year. Yeah, like I said to you though, like the response was so good, like so, so good from everyone. Because with the whole like COVID situation, it has been 
a bit unpredictable and the show day has been a bit unpredictable as well but yeah I loved it Tannen I was just like loving it it was wicked and that that theatre is really good like it's not a theatre it's a massive venue and from like a location point of view as well it's just off the M1 and I know this sounds really boring that I'm saying this really boring stuff but like these things make it so easy you're not having to go to a real random part of like the UK it's central it's off the M1 the train station's near it's do you know what I mean? All that stuff, it makes a difference, especially when you are a competitor. Like, you want to make your locations as seamless as possible. And even, like, Northampton, it's off the M1 again, near train station, all those things. Like, it just helps you not feel as stressed because you're not having to go all around the UK all the time. Yeah, I mean, look, simplicity is absolute key. And, like, for me, I mean, look, you know what I'm like after every show. I'm always thinking, okay, how do I make things better? And, like, some of the aspects were... How can, I make it, how can I make it easier for the people who get their tanned to where they're based? And of course, as you know, for the last show, we made sure they were super close. Oh, same, so with, good. same with the makeup, the hotel. How can I ensure that people don't need to drive to the hotel? I'll tell you what, let's get the hotel only 100 yards from the venue. And, and probably one of the most important things that I've learned from the shows was, you know, it's the, it's the, um, the experience for the competitors before they step on stage. And I know we had the balcony where previously competitors will always be backstage, not seeing what's going on on the stage. And that's where communication could break down mm. on, where, on how people try to find out when do I come on stage or they want to be able to watch the show at the same time. And I know we had this balcony where people could watch the show it's and so they would think they could see like, okay, that class is on. My class is three classes later, but at least I could see it. And the, t- the glazing is right there. I'm pointing right there. Like people could see me, but basically next to you where you're standing. And then, walk down the stairs, get backstage. It was all, all these things are things that any any show promoter, any event planner should always think about is how can you make everything as simple as possible for, for competitors? Uh, the simpler things are, the better experiences for, for competitors. And I, I hope that was, uh, that was true. So yeah, do you think running a show is easy and all this stuff that happens on show day just comes out of thin air? It doesn't. <laughs> It's really, Absolutely really not. well thought out. Like it, the the logistics and organisation, it's just next level, like absolutely next level. So I think we'll end it there. I'm just going to double check. Oh yeah, one last or two last questions. With your experience of being a competitor and your experience of doing all the shows, has it changed your perspective or your opinions of competing or maybe your own like perceptions of being a competitor? Because I feel like I've learned quite a lot from being on both sides. And I think it's made me reflect on my own like competing journey from being around it, but not in prep, if that makes sense. Has the same thing happened to you at all? I think uh, f- first thing I'll say is there's no way that I will be able to hang with these, these competitors these days. But they're, they're, even the juniors, they're just getting bigger and yeah. conditions even tighter. I'm like, nah, that's, as much as I'd love to compete in more, there was more federations back in, back in 2017. I look back at these competitors, these competitors and they're just getting stronger and stronger yeah, every right. year. That's also the personal aspect, but on, on a business aspect, on a show promoter. I mean, for me, I remember the days of tw- in 2017 where maybe the, the, the uh, social media wasn't so apparent, wasn't so prominent with federations back then. And when, the only way you were getting information was via email or you just go on show day and you, when you check in, you get the schedule. And that's, that's the only first bit of communication you're getting yeah. from a show. And that was a key thing that I took from it, where I had to make sure that I wanted every single competitor to not feel how I felt in 2017, where 
you go in there blind and you mm. don't know maybe everything because with social media, I want to make sure that everyone, everything's communicated in regards to timings that, you know, the, the, uh, a, a tour of the venue, you know, uh, everything is explained doing the Q and A's doing the live athletes meeting communication for what's good. It goes back to keeping everything simple. Communication is absolutely key. And I think, um, I do, I do believe a lot of show promoters do that as well. It wasn't there back when I competed back in 2017 and even before then, but now even more than ever before, communication is so important to make the person feel comfortable and make the person feel that by the time they get there, they already know how it's going to work. They already know what time you need to go back on stage. They already know where they need to go. And that's just something that, that I, I, I took from it, from my experience and what I wanted to bring with the show itself. And that was just, like I said, communication. And look, you, 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 you could probably agree as well with, through Compaq that it's, it's, it's more, more important than ever before that real-time communication is, is, um, is at the highest high standard. These people these days, if only they competed when we did back in the day, they'd realise. <laughs> That's it. It's so true, though. It's so true. And these first timers, I I've started getting into this funny thing where when they when I'm tanning, I'm like, you're a first timer. They're like, yeah. I'm like, right. Let me. Sh- you think you don't look great? Let me show you my first time photos. And they kind of look at me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. So you're you're looking pretty good, babe. So just don't worry about it. You're fine. <laughs> the standards, oh man. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. I, I I look I look back and cringe at my uh my first time I competed. I was yeah, prepped by myself because obviously back 2017, 2016, you know, there's not many, as many coaches as there are now, which, I mean, you know, God, I, I wish from the start I, I had a coach. I wasn't prepping myself because all these mistakes I made then, I look at all these competitors now and there's a reason why the calibre is so high. I just believe that more people are taking it seriously by bringing a coach on board, which I believe is so important if you don't have, if you don't have the qualification for yourself and that could help you just remove any sort of the errors of course, there's always a show day experience, which you always have to experience it for yourself and learn from there. But, but yeah, no way could I hang with some of these competitors these days, especially with juniors. They're outrageous. Never say never, though. Would you, like, come on. Is it, do you not get an itch never. ever? Never. And you know what? I mean, I just, I, I, I tell you what, I love, I love these, you know, putting these shows on. Even the stress of the last show, I loved it. I mean, I loved the, the obstacles I had to overcome and the passion I have to put on the shows of the high standard, everything, stage production, the experiences, you know, if I had to put my hand in my pocket to put more money in to ensure the show went ahead, I do it without blinking, without a shadow of a doubt. And it's probably the same passion that competitors have on their journey in bodybuilding and fitness. Um, I just will never step back on stage because what I'm doing the moment with the shows, I love where I'm at, I love where it's going, I love the challenges, I love next year, every single show, every single federation will be going gung-ho to get one, one, one over the other. But I've got such self-belief in my USPs, in my product, that I know it'll always stand out as one of the top shows out there. And that's just, that's why I'll never take a step, uh, step back to competing. I'm too excited for 2021. <laughs> Do you too excited. Nice? Do you know what's nice as well? Like, being really honest with you, I know we're still recording, but like, I feel like when I first met you in 2018, I don't think you fully, like, I think you knew like you were onto something, but I don't think you really fully believed in yourself. And I feel like every single show, your confidence 
I, they said, don't think you gave yourself enough credit at the beginning. So yeah, it's cool to see like the, conf the, the confidence within you and the excitement because like it's always been there, but it's cool that you're starting to see it now. Cause I don't think when we first met, you gave yourself enough credit for it. So yeah, well done for that. So good, but I'm, I'm gonna leave it there. Any questions then Suki is there to answer them, but I do hope this episode has been helpful just to give a bit more of an insight. And we look forward to seeing loads of you next year at all the NFM, or G NFM, no, GBA shows ran by NFM events. See, I learned, I learned something. That's one. <laughs> but we'll see you guys in the next episode. And thank you so much for Suki for coming on. Awesome. Thanks for having me.